So we have been on a four-week journey, now a five-week journey, that will conclude uh, our sermon series on the five basic uh, principles. And I have shared with you some personal testimony about what those principles mean and how those principles have uh, affected uh, my own personal life and how they have worked uh, in, in my home. And so, uh, you know, as I've said time and again before, uh, when you all say, well, Pastor, that, that word today really touched me or what you said really resonated with me. Uh, when you see my passion around something and my excitement around something, it may sound like I am preaching to you, but I am also preaching to myself. Rarely anything I say is not something that I am not struggling with personally and trying to work through as well, too. These five basic principles that we have been talking about are principles that have affected my life in, in sincerely profound ways. Um, there was a time when Marcus and I were kind of making this transition and turning the corner in our spirituality. And we had found that much of what we were taught and much of how we were raised, while it was some good stuff, uh, we needed some kind of principles that were practical, something that we could use in our everyday lives. And sometimes what we need is to look at our faith and our spirituality in a different way in order to breathe life and freshness back into what we already know and have been taught. And so the five basic principles became another way for us to look at God and how God is working in our lives and also how to build our own self-esteem in terms of our worthiness in God, our belief in God, and our self-esteem around knowing that we can indeed set out to do what we need to do. It helped us to understand that we need to be co-participants in our life, that we need to show up in our life, and that God is not riding on that cloud granting wishes like a genie, as I've said so much before, that indeed God wants us to step up and to do something in order to create the life that we desire. I was just sharing last week at dinner that, you know, sometimes it is, it's, it's, it's hard for people to actually see me or to see Marcus and, and not understand the past and to not know what the struggle has been. We did not just arrive in this state. We did not have the rosy, nice, you know, graduated high school and went off to, well, he did. He's a little bougier than I am, but... We, we did not have all of these kind of amazing things that come with kind of the traditional story, right? You graduate high school and you go off to college, your favorite college, and mom and dad pay for all of it, and then you go back home and you marry your high school sweetheart, and her, your credit's perfect, and life is great, and you know, then you buy a home and pay off your student loans. And that's not our story. It's not our story. And what little means we had growing up. Well, I don't want, I want to say we started at the bottom. We didn't. We had a nice running head start. But we were spoiled brats. Not grateful for what our parents had done and how our families had set us up. 
So you, 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 when you're in that kind of mode, you end up destroying all of the goodness that God has already placed in your life. So regardless of the head start, when we got together, we started with nothing from zero. And we were looking for something that could realign us and get us into a place to understand that where we want to go is not bad. That being able to pay your bills is not bad. That being able to support and help out your community is not bad. That wanting certain material things are not bad. Granted, you know how to be grateful and thankful for what you have. And so when we stumble upon these principles, we begin to understand how we can be participants in creating the type of life that we want. And indeed, things accelerated. Accelerated so much so, and I don't know if you all remember me telling the story, but when it came to me being ordained, and when it came to me becoming a pastor, I flat out told God, if you want me to do this, you better slap me upside my face and drop a job in my life. I said, you better make it abundantly clear because I had enough. Because I decided I was going to lay out the plan and I knew what church it was going to be and I knew what budget they were going to have and what I was going to do and how all this stuff was going to happen. I was content going to my job because I had created that particular job as well too. I was content. And then on that call, the story's history from there. And things again began to accelerate. Hoping, praying for a permanent assignment, a place to be. And thinking that it would be two to three years, and all of a sudden one Sunday the net walks in and says, I'm done, I'm retired. <laughs> okay, well I'm the interim pastor until you know you don't understand. <laughs> We're putting you up to see if the congregation will call you. I tell you this story because these principles that we have been talking about have been active and involved in my life and consistently active and involved in my life. That I needed to breathe something fresh and new into the faith that I had been raised with in order to take me out of a mindset that was not producing the results that I needed to get produced. I needed another mindset that would put me in alignment with what God was calling me to do. A lot of us are sitting here right now, and you've talked to me, some of you, over the last week to two weeks about dreams that you have and hopes that you have, businesses that you want to start. And so I said, we need to start out this year with the five basic principles. I submit to you that maybe some of the things that you want to do require these principles so that you can get yourself in alignment with what God does want to do through you. God is not pleased about us playing small. If it is to play small and not to expand your life and not to do more, then what does bring glory to God? This is a fine line to thread because some will say, well, Pastor, it sounds like you're preaching a prosperity gospel. No, I am not preaching the prosperity gospel. What I am saying to you is that if you are living in a condition, in a state,
placed in your heart, then you are playing small. What you are saying is, is that in the universe, God has created lack, and therefore there are no resources to get you to where you would like to get to. So you've decided to just sit back and allow life to happen to you and to be mediocre like the rest of your friends that are surrounding you. There is an opportunity to rise above who you are and what you are and what you are doing. God is glorified through you and how you live. It is right to raise your family. It is right to pay your bills. It is right to create your craft and your art and to live out who God is calling you to be. I don't understand. It's, it's we found ourselves in churches like ours where it's get out in the streets and go and organize around issues that are harming people. I'm not saying that that's wrong. We need to be organized and set up and ready to go and fight for justice and making the world a better place. We need to do that. And then there's others that are like, we need to disconnect from that and only be about worshiping God, coming to church on Sunday, and not being connected with what's going on out in the world. Over the last two months, I was in a quandary because I did not understand what to do because, yeah, some of you said keep politics out of the pulpit, but how do I do that when I've got people crying on my couch because they're involved in the government shutdown? How can I not have something to say when I have to spend hours out of my week lifting up people who are impacted by all of those things that are going on? So yes, there is a call for justice and engagement. Yes, there is a call to only focus on God and praise and worship God and developing ourselves spiritually. But what is in the middle? Where is the call for us to focus on creating the lives that we deserve? It is not either or. All three of these things need to be locked in place. You do nobody no justice if you are broken. There it is. There's the truth. You do nobody no justice if you're running out in the streets and you're trying to demand justice and you don't even know who you are. You do nobody no justice if all we know how to do is to come in here and praise him, praise him, and walk out the door and act like an utter and total jerk. And we do God no good if our only focus is on ourselves. If it's only to go and get yours, then it does no good to the justice that God is creating. So it's all three. It's the justice, it's the praise, it's the spirituality, and it's also creating and building the life that we need to build. I am totally off script. <laughs> that was... Somebody apparently needed to hear that. Okay, I can work with this one. Wow, I have no idea where that came from. 
You have to be that. 
You have to believe that. I, I, it's interesting to hear some, some of the holy folks, you know how they, you ask them how they do it, and they say, I'm blessed and highly favored. And then on the other side of the mouth, it's, oh, but my body's falling apart, today, this, that. What is, what is the thinking that needs to arise to bring about the doing and the being, even in that condition? Not a denial of the situation, because the condition is a condition, but the being of these five principles. In Jeremiah, God said, before I created you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I made you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah had no choice but to live into the fullness of who God had created him to be. Jeremiah had to understand the affirmation and the truth about who he was and what God was calling him to do in that time. Jeremiah just got out and did it. Not withholding anything, just doing it. I like how, like how Joshua set us up today by him, by him saying that this scripture is proof about what God is calling us to do and God is calling us to be. In that scripture, I don't know if you caught it, but what Jesus was saying is that there is proof in Elijah that God has come to the least of these to help the least of these. That God, even in Elijah's days, was concerned about the marginalized and the oppressed and the people who have been shut out. But what I submit to you is even if you feel like you have arrived, there is something within you, because it's within all of us, that is holding us back to get it to where we need to go. And so it's not that God has just come to the oppressed and the marginalized and the least of these. God has also come to those of us who don't understand our value and our worth. It is a limiting belief that is holding us in the place that we are, hence the need for the five basic principles. But the proof and the evidence lies in the fact that Jesus is saying, if you are one who is feeling shut out and left out, then I am here for you. If you are one, oh God, because this requires some work and some of us need to do it, who are living in a constant state of being insecure about who you are and what you're supposed to do, God is saying, I am here for you too. We all have a story about who we are. We all have a narrative that can be defeated regarding who we are. And Jesus is saying here, even if you think you have arrived, I am here for you. I am here to lift you. I am here to encourage you. And so today, these principles, as we bring this sermon series to an end, that's what I want to say about them. That these principles are meant to change our lives and to get us to align with, yes, the universal truth that God is for us. And if God is for us, as one scripture writer said, who or what? can be against us. 
understand that most often we are alive against ourselves, and that these principles can help us, help bring us into alignment. So as we begin to close today, I don't know what your situation is. Well, I know some of your situations. I don't know everyone's situation. And I don't know where you are with things. I don't know what you want out of this year. I don't know what you think is next for you. I don't know what might be holding you back. But these principles will take time to sink in if you choose to take them up and practice them. These principles will first require your imagination. It will require you imagining something that is greater and better than who and what you are now. It will require you saying, imagine me of a loved and wonderful child of God. Imagine me walking in God's grace and love. Imagine me practicing the presence of God at all times. Imagine me creating the life that I desire and want. It will require you saying, I imagine me, I see.